It is an honor to be with you this morning. My name is Brian Filgem. I am the Minister of Discipleship here at Spring Valley, filling in for Robert. And uh, Robert and his son-in-laws, and I believe his son, are on their way to Alabama. They are heading to the Southern Baptist Convention uh, to represent us as a church and to represent their respective churches. Uh, So y'all be in prayer uh, for Robert and for uh, those men that are traveling as they left early this morning uh, to head that direction. I wanted to spend just a quick minute, uh, not too long, but just a quick minute to kind of go through uh, what we've been going through as a staff and as a church, and uh, most of you all are aware of this, uh, but uh, several months ago, actually uh, maybe even as many as six months ago, uh, Robert and I began to meet with our director of missions for our association, which is George Bullard. Uh, we began to meet with him and to, and to discuss the trajectory of the church and where the church was going, and, and more importantly, we began to discuss what we felt like God was calling the church to do and to be. And so we began that process, and then the, 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 the rest of the staff came together, and we began to journey together and to put together groups. So you, you might experience last summer, uh, about this time, we began to uh, put together some focus groups. And those focus groups came together, and they shared with us uh, their thoughts and their passions. And we, we took those ideas, and that kind of began uh, our process of planning as a staff. Uh, and then, of course, uh, back in May, we were able to gather the church together to, uh, to kind of present to you our findings and, and kind of lay the groundwork and the foundation of this is where we are. And, uh, and so let's, we can now move forward from, from that. And so uh, this past Monday, uh, we put together, we learned some things from that, that May meeting. And we put together three uh, tasks, three kind of um, things on our to-do list as staff. And so one of them was to gather together uh, 11 families, 11 young families, uh, to, to basically as, as a staff just to kind of soak up their, their knowledge and their wisdom and their thoughts and, and that sort of thing. And so we were able to do that this past Tuesday. Uh, we, we met and we invited 11 families and 11 families showed up, which was an amazing blessing for us as a staff. And we were, we were able to sit there and just soak in their thoughts, soak in uh, their, their passions and, and, and specifically their passion for Spring Valley. And I wish that as a church you could have sat in on that meeting uh, because it was. The staff left, and we left knowing without a shadow of a doubt that our young families have a passion for this church. And that was the most encouraging thing for us as staff is that, sure, we've got a couple things we've got to sharpen and, a couple, uh, and, a, and, and we've got to clarify where we're going, but our people have a passion for this church, and they have a passion for Christ himself. And so uh, through that, we've kind of, our staff has settled on three things that we believe God is calling not just our church, but every church to be a part of. And so this morning, I want to look at that. And these three things can easily be summed up in Matthew 28. Uh, but I'm, uh, through, through some prayer, I'm going to come at it from Colossians. So Colossians, the interesting thing about Colossians is that Paul, well, it's not interesting that Paul wrote it because Paul wrote a lot of things. Um, but the interesting thing about Colossians is that all these other books, Ephesians and Philippians and all these other books that he wrote, he's writing to people that he's already met, right? Paul is writing to people that he has shared the gospel with, that they've come to know the, the God, the Christ that he knows, and he's writing to encourage them or sometimes even to reprimand them, uh, to challenge them, to get them back on course. But uh, Colossians, he has never met these people. Another missionary shared Christ with these people, established the church there. And so Paul has never met these people at this point, and he's writing from prison, which is uh, not unique, but it is kind of unique. 
and uh, he's, he's writing, and even though he's never met these people, he tells them that he's, he prays for them constantly, he encourages them in his letter, and ultimately he disciples them, which I just think is amazing. Here's a man that has not met this church, the people in this church, and yet he still takes it upon himself to love on them, to encourage them, to challenge them, to remind them of the truth, and ultimately to disciple them. Uh, We pick up, uh, we're going to be kind of all over Colossians 1 today, so we're going to pick up right now in verses 15 through 18, and it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Verse 17 goes on and says, And he being Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, which is the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. See, as a church, this is where we must start. We must be about the business of connecting people to Christ. Connecting a broken, lost, desperate world to the the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We have to make that our number one priority. And I know you're thinking, wow, this guy went to seminary. He must must have gone to seminary because that's a profound thought. It's kind of a duh statement as a church. But so many times for us as a church, for any church, but for us specifically, the good, the good stuff gets in the way of the best thing, right? The good stuff. We can name off good stuff right and left. It's stuff that we love and that we love about our church, the, the family and the community and the fellowship and our Sunday school classes and our, all these good things. But if they are not focused and grounded and centered on the preeminence of Christ and connecting people, broken people, to a holy God through Christ, we're missing the point, right? We're missing the point. So we must start with that connection, connecting people to Christ. Our second connection, if you're taking notes, our first point is connection or connect, Subpoint Christ, second subpoint is his church. You see, in verse, uh, verse 17, I believe it is, it's, uh, 18, it says, He is the head of the body, which is the church. The church, you see at other places in, in Scripture, the church is called the bride of Christ. You see, the, the importance of us connecting people not only to Christ, a broken and a lost world, connecting them to the love and the mercy and the grace of a loving God through Christ, it is important for us to connect to our church. It's interesting that in the New Testament, the synagogue, the, the, the church is never called a synagogue or a temple or a chapel or a tabernacle or a building the church, the term church is exclusively used, exclusively used to refer to the gathering of believers, period. See, even in our culture, we, we're, we're heading to the church. 
When, when my little son, two years old, asked me where I'm going, I say, I'm going to church. But the reality is, if I'm coming up here, like last night I came up here to check on something, I was all by myself. I'm inside of an empty building the church has not gathered. Right? So technically, biblically, I didn't go to the church. I went to an empty building. I stood in an empty sanctuary. Because now the church is here. Now the church has gathered. And so when I say our priority is to connect people to Christ and our second priority is to connect people to the church, I'm not talking about Spring Valley Baptist Church. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about our Sunday school classes, our communities, our fellowships. It is our priority to not only connect people to Christ, but once that's done, to then connect people to us so that we can walk with them and move into our second priority. So if you're taking notes, first note, connect with Christ and connect with his church. The importance of connecting with the church, it says, of course, in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, for just as the body is one and has many members and all of the members of the body, though many are one body. So it is Christ. And you've heard all of these ideas and, and the biblical thought that, that every person has a place. And let me just tell you this morning, as a quick aside, if you're sitting here and you haven't found a place to serve, I guarantee you in the life of Spring Valley Baptist Church, there is a hole that is made just for you. There is a task, there is a job, there is a ministry that God has designed just for you. And I can't step into it. Rick can't step into it. Robert can't step into it. None of your ministerial staff can step into it. person sitting next to you on the right or left, they can't step into it. God has uniquely gifted you to step into that role, whatever it is. And so if you're sitting here this morning thinking, well, you know, I've, I've, I've already served, I've already done that, or I, I'm just not engaged yet, or I'm not spiritual, spiritually strong enough, or I don't have enough Bible knowledge, push that out of your mind because God has called every member of the body to be a part of the body. I think about this the other day. My wife thinks it's hilarious when I hurt myself. Does anybody else think it's funny when their spouse hurts themselves? Okay, so there's a, there's a yes. Okay, good. All right, I was going to have to, we're going to have to have special prayer for her if uh, nobody said yes. But so the other day I'm being a good father, you know, putting my son to bed and giving him kisses and I walk out of the door and for some reason, I, I think it's our house, our doors are narrower than any other house. I don't know what the deal is, but every single time, I think I'm just going to end up um, breaking my pinky toe off one of these days because I catch my pinky toe on the door frame. Almost every time I walk out of Ellis's room, it's like, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the door frames are, are narrower. And Kelly thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. And so she's dying laughing. And, and, and I've still got a black and blue toenail on my pinky toe. But the point is this morning that even though it's just a pinky toe, I don't know, I don't know why we have a pinky toe. I don't know what the purpose is. Right? The big toe helps you keep balance. The pinky toe is just to catch it on everything that you can stub your toe on, I guess. And a God's little sense of humor. Uh, but the point is, for, for a week, almost two weeks, you would have thought that my foot had been cut off, my leg had been cut off. I could not function correctly. I could not function correctly. I couldn't walk. I couldn't, well, I don't go for a run, so that doesn't matter. But, uh, but that was my new excuse to not go running. Uh, I, I, you know, sweetheart, I can't go running. I can't exercise. I hurt my pinky toe. Um, it, it adds up in my book. So, 
Uh, but the reality was that little pinky toe that I used for nothing, once it's injured, once it's out of commission, it affected the entire rest of my body. It affected the entire functionality of my body. I couldn't get around. I couldn't function correctly. So I want to challenge you this morning to find your place, to step into your place in the body of Christ. So to recap, we've covered connecting with Christ and we've covered connecting with his church. Those are our first two priorities. Our next priority is we must be focused and have a focused effort on growing in our faith together. So again, another two-part thing, connect Christ and church, grow in our faith and in relationship with one another. See, Paul, when praying for the Colossians, asked God in verse 9, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, he asked God to fill them with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. He continues on in verse 10. He says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. This last line, growing in the knowledge of God. He also, in Colossians 2, continues on encouraging the church. And he says, continue living your lives in Christ, rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith that you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. We see all through Scripture, we see all through Scripture this idea of maturing, this idea of growing stronger, this idea of joining together with the church. We've already focused on connecting people to the church. Why do we connect people to the church? So that they can grow in community and grow in their faith. 2 Peter 3.18 says, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord. Hebrews 6.1 says, move beyond elementary teachings of Christ. Don't continue to lay the same foundation over and over and over again. And then the, the disciples ask of Jesus in, in Luke 17.5, they ask Christ to increase their faith. So many times we... We accept Christ and we have this tendency to accept Christ and we rejoice in the salvation that we've experienced. We rejoice in the redemption that we sang about this morning. And we should. That's an amazing thing. And we should always return to that salvation. We, could, we should always be reminded of that salvation. But Christ desires for us to develop and to mature and to grow from that point on. We, we develop and we continue to grow into a clearer and clearer reflection of Christ himself. Paul ran across a situation in Hebrews where the people weren't developing and he writes, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk when you should be eating solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I love that last phrase, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. 
So many times my wife and I will be talking and we're, we're talking about, you know, it's so hard to make this decision. It's so hard to follow in faith. It's so hard to take that step. I feel like I'm taking a, a, a step into a dark room and I don't know where my foot's going. I don't know what direction I'm going. It's so difficult to take that step of faith. And the reality that we always return to is that the reason it's so difficult to take that step is because we haven't practiced taking steps. We haven't practiced putting into practice what we already know to be true. We haven't practiced that over and over and over again in an effort to train ourselves to know the difference between good and evil. Have you ever found yourself saying, I'm not sure if God's calling me to do that? Right? I, I feel like God may be pushing me in that direction, but I'm just not, I, I need to be 100% sure. I found myself doing that the other day when uh, I felt like God was telling me to share my faith with my neighbor. Let me say that again. I felt like God was calling me to share my faith with my neighbor, and I thought, I'm not really sure if God's calling me to do this. Right? I'm, I'm standing there in my front yard. My neighbor comes over. We're having a good conversation, which is pretty rare. And I find myself in that mental battle. Have you ever been there in that mental battle that, oh, man, I really feel like maybe I should share my faith, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure God's calling me to share my faith. And, of course, my wife and all of her wisdom uh, pointed out to me, she said, she said, you think Satan would call you to share your faith with the next door neighbor? And she said, that doesn't make any sense. If you feel like God's calling, if, if that's on your heart, then, then obviously God's moving you to, to share your faith. Fortunately, uh, we were able to share our faith and uh, begin to plant those seeds with our neighbor. But it's so funny how we back away from things because we're not 100% sure. I want to challenge you in this grow area with connecting with your faith uh, to connect in. We've got several different discipleship options, and this is a shameless plug for me, of course. But... I want to encourage you, if you're not connected in a Sunday school class, to connect in a Sunday school class and start there. It's, a, it's, a, it's generally a little bit bigger group, and, uh, and start there. You can get to know folks there, grow closer to Christ there. Uh, then move on into your Wednesday night studies, which are a little bit smaller and a little bit more specific uh, studies, uh, and then progress on to a D group. So far, uh, I've, I've been able to connect with a D group with a couple of men uh, in our uh, church And I tell you, it has been an absolute blessing for me to walk with these men, to journey with these men as we gather week in and week out uh, to share our victories, to share our failures, to share what God is uh, calling us to do as husbands and and as fathers. It's a wonderful time not only to grow in our faith, but to grow in our relationship with one another, which is our next sub-point. So we are called to connect with Christ and his church. We are called to grow in our faith. And we are called to grow in relationship with one another. Hebrews 10, 25 is a pretty familiar verse. It says, do not neglect the gathering of the believers. Proverbs 27, 17. Of course, men's ministry always knows this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And then Ephesians 4, 16, getting back to that idea, that picture of the body of Christ and the wholeness of, of that body of Christ. It says, when each part is working properly, it works to make the body grow. And I could start here and I could say, your staff, and I know your heart is burdened, that, that the body does not seem to be growing. Right? I see some head nods. 
That's a, that's a burden that your, that your staff carries. We hope that's a burden that you carry, that the body does not seem to be growing. And if we return to the basics, if every part of the body is plugged in, it helps the body grow. And so again, I want to challenge you, whether it's singing in the choir and leading in our music ministry, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class, whether it's teaching Wednesday night, whether it's serving on a committee, whatever it is, maybe it's just, uh, uh, I say maybe, it's a huge deal. Maybe it's praying with our deacons downstairs. Maybe it's joining the deacons. Whatever you feel like God may be calling you to do and placing on your heart, I want to challenge you to take that step of faith and step into it. So that we may be part of helping the body grow. So we must keep our focus on connecting with Christ, connecting with his church, growing in our faith, growing in relationship with one another. And the final question, if your mind works like my mind does, which I hope it doesn't, the final question is why? Why do we need to, as a church, be so caught up in these things, in connecting people to Christ, connecting people to Christ's church growing with one another and growing in our faith. Why do those things matter? And ultimately it matters because God has saved us for a purpose. God has drawn us to his church and connected us to a a gathering of brothers and sisters in Christ for a purpose. Do we get encouragement out of it? Absolutely. Do we grow spiritually? Absolutely. And those are wonderful things, and those are things that have to happen. But ultimately, everything is moving. We connect, we grow, we do those things so that we can go. Connect, grow, and go. God has called us over and over and over through Christ to be his ambassadors to a lost and dying world. It doesn't take long. You pick up a paper, you log on to Facebook, you get on to other social medias, you log on to Fox News, CNN, whatever it is. You can see immediately that we live in a lost and a dying world. We live in a world that has no idea who Christ is. And sometimes when they think they do, it's so distorted and so messed up that there's no way they want anything to do with God or his son, Jesus Christ. And yet God has said, I am calling you. You have connected with me as a follower of Christ. You have given your life to me. You have connected with my church. You are diligently growing in your faith. Now go and change the world. Go with the message of my gospel and change the world. See, there's so many times I'm convinced, and I do this too. My wife and I were talking about this the other day, that we talk about, man, we, we love our church right? We love our Sunday school class. We love our friends that we've met there. We love our pastor. We love this. We love this. We love this. And after a while, we realize that we are so enamored and so plugged in and so in love with our church, Spring Valley Baptist Church, that we don't do anything outside of Spring Valley Baptist Church, right? Is that easy for us to do? I think it's easy. It's easy for me to do. Uh, Again, we were talking about this week, and as a staff member, I can spend, and Rick can probably echo this, I can spend all week long in the office and never go out into the community, ever. I don't, the whole week I can spend doing administrative things, spending my time in the office, and I forget the idea of going with the message of the gospel of Christ. So this morning, it's 9.42. 
And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you on two parts. First, what is God calling you to do? Because I'm convinced that every time we gather together, every time the message of the, of the gospel, every time the word of, the, of God is proclaimed, that the return is God is calling you and placing something on your heart to do. Big or little, God is placing something on your heart to do. So what is God calling you to do? Maybe it's, you know what, I've never really connected with Christ. Maybe it's a conviction that you're not really connected with his church. Maybe it's a challenge to, to begin to grow and to continue to grow in your faith through Sunday school or Wednesday night or discipleship groups. Or maybe you're standing here like I am and you're convicted that I need to go with the message of the gospel to a dying world. Your second challenge is to pray. You see, Spring Valley is in a unique place as a church that we recognize our faults. We recognize our struggles and we desire to turn the corner and we desire to step into the will of God and to experience the power and the movement of the Holy Spirit in our community and in our church. And your staff is sorting that out and going through that week by week to, to, to be diligent about moving forward and not getting stuck and not becoming stagnant. And so I want to ask you to pray for your staff. I want to ask you to pray for us. As we challenge ourselves and if we, as we try to move through these different things and figure out with wisdom, with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit guiding us through knowledge, what God is calling us as a church to do and who God is calling us to be as a local body of believers. So I want to challenge you to pray. I'm going to do something that's a little bit different maybe for us, uh, but, and, I, and I may be the only one standing down here. But I want to encourage you to come to the altar. If God is, is burdening your heart for, for your church, if God is burdening your heart for the staff, if God is burdening your heart maybe in your family life or maybe on the three connections, connect with Christ, church, and community, grow in your faith and with one another and go with the message of the gospel. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you as we head into a time of decision-making. I want to challenge you to respond. Don't push it off. Don't put it off. But respond to what the, what the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart. Let me pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. Lord, we do thank you for this church. We thank you for the family and the community that we have found here. We thank you for the support, as one of the families said this past Tuesday, that, Lord, we know we can call a brother or sister in Christ that we have connected with in this church. We can ask for prayer, and prayer will be given. Lord, we thank you for that sweet fellowship. We pray, Lord, that you would remind us and that you would prioritize our minds on you, on connecting a broken and lost world to you and to your church. I, challenge, I pray that you would challenge us to grow in our faith and to grow in relationship with one another. And I challenge I pray that you would challenge us again, Lord, to go with the message of the gospel. Lord, you are a good, good God. You love us unconditionally. And Lord, I pray that we would be about letting our community and our world know of that unconditional love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.